Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I got invited to LA with Urban Decay and I thought it was spam. Yeah, I was like, someone's winding me up here. They reposted a picture of me wearing a crazy pair of their eyelashes and I got a thousand followers like that. I've always wanted my own makeup brand. Realised it could be a reality for me and then I launched November 2020 in the middle of the pandemic. Working on a makeup counter at one point I think I was maybe a little bit embarrassed that that was my background but that is completely where my power comes from. I was going to just put all my own investment into the brand to get it kick-started. I realised really quickly that I could do that, but it would be a pretty short leap. There's a block in me and I'm like, if I'm not excited about this and I don't think it's brilliant, we can't do it. Um, which is not something I've ever shared. guys welcome back to working hard hardly working the podcast today's guest is jamie genevieve the one the only the online beauty sensation i genuinely feel like she's one of the people that i a see as like one of the ogs but also the community behind her brand vive and i think that she was one of the kind of first people that i met with in the space that i was like i get you like i i love you i love what you're doing she inspires me so much i love her story i love how kind and warm and down to earth and amazing she is and I feel like for anyone wanting to follow their dream whether it's creative whether it's starting a business whether it's building a fucking empire this episode kind of talking through her story and what she wants to build and what her current work is like is just so inspiring so I hope you enjoy it. Jamie Genevieve is the 29-year-old founder of Vive. She began her journey as a pro makeup artist turned vlogging sensation who dominated the UK's online beauty space. Having built a following of over 3 million people, Jamie invested her influencer earnings and created Vive, a makeup empire built on inclusivity, self-expression and positivity. Despite launching amidst the pandemic, Vive had an incredible start, receiving backing from the investors behind Charlotte Tilbury and Tala and selling out all debut products within a week. Jamie herself has gone on to lead a career of outstanding success, securing Vogue Beauty Influencer Mogul of the Year 2021 and becoming an honorary board advisor of the British Beauty Council earlier this year. Hi. It's so nice to have you here. I feel like, when did we last see each other? It was a year ago at Founders Forum. And now look, here we are with also one of the same investors. I think almost two now, but yeah, yeah. Oh my God. (laughs) That's so exciting. What's happening there? Are you allowed to talk Um, about that? We are close to closing our Series A. That is so exciting. Congratulations. Thanks very much. When did you start raising for that? We started working on it quite a long time ago. Yeah. It's it's so good because it gets everything behind the business, like the running order, like the, the processes and everything. Everything is in such a good place now. But the team, it's like a, it's like another job for them. Yeah, getting prepared. Oh my god, one hundred percent. But we're really nearly there now. So amazing. Well, let's go into that. Firstly, for people who either don't know who you are or don't know enough about you, could you yeah. give us a whistle stop tour of your career to date? I started on makeup counters in Debenhams. Went to college to makeup artistry. Worked freelance. Fell into social media by accident. Mm. That kind of ended up being my life for 
five full years of really working hard at it. Um, and then during that time, I, I've, I've always wanted my own makeup brand. It was always a pipe dream. I used to do that thing. I used to sit on my counter and daydream about what mine would look like. Realised it could be a reality for me if I put mm-hmm. my head down and I started working hard on it. So I did that. And then I think two years of development and getting prepared, I launched November 2020 in the middle of the pandemic. And now we're here. Uh, so I kind of, I, weirdly, all of those areas of my life I've carried along with me. I'm still a makeup artist. Mm. I'm still a makeup counter girl at heart. That was honestly, I loved it. Yeah. I loved working on counter. I still do, you know, social media. I love it. I love sharing my life. I love teaching people. Uh, I've been told that I'm a good teacher, um, which is, is a huge compliment. And I suppose that's a whistle stop too. Yeah, no, that's a very good whistle stop tour, very concise. And so when you say that kind of social media you fell into accidentally, mm. how did that happen? How did you kind of start and go to where you are now? I worked on Counterfeit Illamasqua at this point mm-hmm. uh, and I was still at college at the same time. So what I would do every morning, I would wake up and do a full face of makeup on myself because I loved it. It was literally, it was, it was my passion. People would take the piss out of me for taking selfies. They're like, why are you taking pictures of yourself? I mean, I'm glad that yeah. I, I'm glad that I did. She paved um, the way. She started the selfie. So I, um, so I started, I would take pictures of my makeup and then at the end of the day I would post them and then I would come home and I would take all my makeup off and I would do it again and take more pictures because wow. I was almost, I was practicing at the end of the day, like right at the start, was my makeup great? I mean, probably, probably not technically, but I felt great. So that's all that yeah, really mattered. all that matters. So I would take my pictures and I would post them and I started kind of gathering a little bit more of a following and it was really, you know, it was really, really steady and then Mm. I got reposted for the first time. So this is back in the day, this is what would make a a career in social media is if you would get reposted by other brands. So Illamasqua, who I worked for, they reposted one and I remember exactly what it looked like. I've still got the photo somewhere on my phone, but it was a picture of me wearing a crazy pair of their eyelashes and they reposted me and I got maybe like a thousand followers like that. And you know, I didn't have that many at that point. So weirdly, this kind of like kickstarted like some kind of snowball effect. So I hit 10K and I remember standing at the front of the counter and the security guard was walking past and I was like, I'm kind of a big deal. (laughs) I'm Instagram famous. So weirdly, do you know, it's funny, I think I felt most confident at that maybe, maybe I've just grown up now, but at that time I was like, maybe my ego, Mm. you know, I had a real inflated ego just for that little, like that few days. But I also, I feel like at that stage of being a kind of like older teenager, you either have, it's one side or the other, it's either like that kind of more insecurity kind of self-conscious side, or it, like I look back and I was the most like naive, like inflated ego, like... And it wasn't even that I just like thought I was am- like the amazing. It was just like that confidence that you just have that like, especially when it's reinforced by yeah. anything. Like for yeah. example, like you suddenly getting a lot of followers in terms of that, and it's like you know what? Yeah, the world know, is mine. And do you know what I think it was? It was um, to do with my craft. It was makeup, and I was like, oh my god, people mm. think I'm good at makeup. So my confidence in myself, yeah, maybe, but it was my. I was like, oh my god, I'm a great makeup artist. Yeah. And then the amazing thing about makeup is you, you're always learning, like, and you're constantly evolving, even the way that you do your own makeup on other people, whatever. There's there's so much to learn all the time. The way that I thought about this, right, was I had 10,000 followers. People had started coming into Illamasqua to see me, which meant that they would sit down with me and we would, ha- we would have a chat and I would talk them through the products. And then, you know, my sales started going up. So mm. I never thought about anything else other than... I'm going to make my target every week and I'm going to be such a valued employee. Because yeah. So I was just really excited to work hard for whoever I was working for because mm. 
I just, I, I loved like throwing myself into anything. So that, that happened. I hit the 10K, I was on counter. I felt like I was doing great. I was booked up every weekend for, for doing makeups on counter. Um, and then I remember one day someone came in to see me and they only followed me on Instagram. And remember back in the day, you could only post photos. Yes. So my photos are not, a, they weren't a great representation of what I'm like as a person. Mm -hmm. So this person sat down and I, I, I didn't think anything of it. I started doing her makeup and then halfway through, she was like, I'm sorry, I just need to tell you that you're not what I expected at all. And I was like, I was like, what, what, what do you mean? And she, she was like, you are so much warmer and you're so much nicer than I thought you were going to be. And I, you know that weirdly, that's yeah. like a, a, a compliment, but also like, well, she, yeah. I was like, did you think I was going to be nasty? Mm -hmm. And then she was like, no, you just look so serious in your photos. And she was like, you should start a YouTube channel. Yeah, right. And I was like, no, <laughs> no way. Because I was terrified that my confidence came on counter. And, you know, that's where I was comfortable and I was confident. Mm. So getting, you know, pushed into YouTube, I, I was a bit like, oh, I'm a bit nervous, but it planted a seed. And then I think like a couple of months later, I posted my first YouTube video and I posted on my Instagram, you know, people would ask me, how do I do this makeup? And you can't type out, mm. you know, directions on how to blend eyeshadow, not really. So I just told my Instagram, I'm on YouTube. And then that came over. And then basically both, both I think, pools of followers just started growing. And I think like attracts like. So what I was so excited about was all these people that were following me are really similar to me. Mm. Um, and I'm not saying this to blow them on Trump, but they were really cool. They were yeah. really nice and they were really kind. And I think because building communities is something that I think that's in your DNA mm. as a founder, you'll agree. But then what happens is it trickles down through the team and what you end up with is just this family of people that are all working for the, like the, a common goal. But that's how I fell into it. It was a complete accident. I got pushed every step of the way. I remember when I worked on counter, I was fully booked with makeups to the point where I couldn't make sales because mm. I wasn't standing on the counter I was too busy doing makeup and then one of my clients was like how, how much do you get paid and I was like I think I was on 750 an hour mm. and she was like you need to go self-employed you need yeah. to go I'll come to you wherever you are and you know you make I think makeup artists I think back then it was like 40 quid for a makeup yeah and it went up to 50 quid an hour like and that's an hour so what happened was I went freelance worked for myself for the first time and then I was fully booked every weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And you know when you start working for yourself, you mm. don't take breaks. You don't no, take no. days off. Yeah. Um, and I buzzed off it. It was the exact same as working for a counter, but I could use whatever product I wanted. So as weirdly, I think when you work on a makeup counter, it's in your blood. So when I was doing people's makeup, I was like, have you tried this? Mm. And it doesn't matter what brand it was because I was obsessed with it. And then these clients would go away and, you know, stock up on all my favourite products that became their favourite products. So... Mm. And it was almost, I, assume, I guess at that stage then, you're almost, I mean, you're doing the, what now is influence marketing very much in real life from kind of this point of view of, you know, people are respecting your opinion, they're expect, respecting kind of how you do your makeup and all of that. So that's such a natural part of your content, both in real life but then also kind of transitioning onto YouTube in terms yeah. of building that community that's what you were doing on the everyday working on a makeup counter you're speaking to one person maybe two but when you go online you're speaking to hundreds of thousands of people but in the exact same way and I think that you know working on a makeup counter at one point I think I was maybe a little bit embarrassed that that was mm. my background because you know it's starting right at the basics for makeup but that is completely like my, where my power comes from I yeah. think and my understanding of people the emotional intelligence that I spoke about earlier, you get that from working on a counter because you have no idea who's going to come up to you that day or for what reason. And working on a really classic legacy brand teaches you so much about customer service and mm -hmm. how you speak with people and product knowledge and things like that. 
And then working at Alamasca taught me that beauty is for everyone. And it just made me so open and ready to like embrace anyone that came my way. Um, and, you know, if they chose beauty, then I was going to help them in whatever way I could. That's amazing. And so from that point, when you just started your YouTube channel, mm. you started to grow that more as a community. You'd gone self-employed. So you were kind of doing both, I guess, the online stuff. I also always... I always say that, you know, back at that time, it wasn't necessarily the same in terms of um, influence marketing. Like, I remember when I kind of first started out and it would be the numbers that you'd look at now that you'd probably be, you know, you'd easily be working with brands and I'd be like begging brands to even just be like, please, just like one little thing. I'll do like 17 posts for this thing that's worth like 30 pounds. And it was obviously like a very different yeah. world. At what time did you start kind of making money from the social media side? Um, so I think there was, there was maybe a few months. I should actually go back and see if I can like trace it back mm. as to when it all happened because I think in the space of like three months, my following was growing really quickly. I was, I think that there's hard work involved, but there's also luck uh, mm -hmm. for, sure. for sure. I it was timing as well. Yeah. So I think from the time that I worked at Illamasqua to when I left freelance makeup, so I worked when I was working in the salon, that must have been a year. Uh, I went from maybe 20,000 followers to uh, 200,000. Wow. So it was quick. Uh, and for yeah. me, I remember when you look back, it was really, really quick. And I think in the space of a few months, you know, I remember when I got my first job, that was how much money I would make in a month working on counter in a day. And I had a complete meltdown, but also I felt completely happy with that. I was like, nothing needs to change from here. Yeah. This is me. And then I, I was I was fully booked. I was having a great time. I was, I was doing lessons through the week, makeup appointments through the weekend. And I got, in, I got invited to LA with Urban Decay and I thought it was spam. I thought someone was taking the piss out of me. I was like, someone's winding me up here. And it wasn't a wind up at all. And it was like, uh, maybe in like two weeks time on a Friday, say where we were meant to be leaving, but I had clients booked in that day. And I was like, oh, I can't go. And it was, my, it was someone like, so one of my friends, it was like, are you mental? Yeah. Was, she was like, are you, are you crazy? You need to sort this out. So because I'd built such a great relationship with my clients, I was honest, I messaged and I was like, I've been invited to, to America with a brand and I'm, I'm going to go and I've rebooked you with one of my like colleagues who's amazing and I hope that's all right. And literally every single one of them came back and we were like, we were wondering why you were still here, if we're honest. <laughs> that's but so lovely. I just, I still loved it and I do love it. Like there was, recently I did one of our colleagues' makeup, Harriet, she's in her 50s, she's our bookkeeper and it took me right back to my counter days because she was asking me all these questions that were just like when someone would sit down with me on counter and I did her makeup and her reaction at the end literally made my heart swell and I was like this is what I do it for it's not like see like a-list makeup and doing makeup on models it's great but and I've actually not done much a-list makeup at all which again is something that I was like oh should, should I be embarrassed about this mm. no it's not it's not what it's about for me it's our customers and it's the people that we can really all relate to, I think. A hundred percent. But I also think that's what's, you know, I've, I've always, when I've looked at your kind of social media and your brand and everything, it's one of those people that you stand out so much in the way that you have such an incredible community. And I think that part of that is because, I mean, obviously having met you, but also you can tell that it's so authentic to you because it genuinely, I also feel like back in the day of YouTube at that time, it was either a performance or it genuinely was just, but it was so unfiltered. It was so yeah. natural and people would have had that insight into kind of your real personality and who you were. And that's why YouTube as well is so valuable for yeah. actually growing a true community and that true kind of engagement, not just in terms of numbers, but in terms of like, 
almost building friendships. Totally, totally. And you know, you, social media is changing all the time and you now we've got TikTok, it's going mm. back to that. It's yeah. going back to that raw, real self, which honestly, it took me a while to get used to because I'm so used to separating what I do on each platform to suit the platform. Mm. When it all starts changing, it kind of sets you through a loop. You're like, all right, okay, I need to rethink this. But YouTube for me, the, the, the people know me so well. And they come up to me, like people that I meet in the street all the time, they come up and they ask how my dogs are and they ask how Jack is and they ask how's the renovation going. Like people know so mm. much. And for me, that's something that I really enjoy. Um, and they'll say, do you know what, is this weird? Is it weird that I know this? And I'm like, no, I mean, that's great. It's almost actually something that I forget having moved off of kind of YouTube and more social media yeah. is I almost forget that there are people who kind of watched, you know, yeah. three, four years of my life, like very authentically, like every time it was like, you know, in the same uni room and all of this and genuinely know everything. And then yeah. it, it's kind of, it is like a friend. Like I meet so many people where it's genuinely like, we would be friends. Yeah. Like we would like be great friends. Like, like attracts like, honestly. And I think, um, no, you're, you're so, you're so right. It's meeting the people that, that choose to invest that time in you and actually see through COVID and stuff like mm. that. The amount of messages I got saying that I was helping people, just even for company, like loads of people were by themselves. Mm. Loads of people were stuck in high rise flats, like with, you know, outside time really was one hour walk a day mm. around a block. Yeah. So I think that it's all fun and it's quite, you know, but it's not, it doesn't have to be serious, but actually what you can do for people. And at what point did you decide this could be not just a business in the way it's a business now and it's kind of making me money, but I could create a brand that was exactly what I wanted from makeup and that, you know, could be yeah. your next stage as well in terms of your yeah. career? Through my years of working in the industry, and I think that um, I had this awareness that I wasn't always aware of, that I, you know, I looked at what I could create that could be different, right? So mm -hmm. everyone asks about your USP, don't they? Which is it's a great question. I think it's a scary question because mm. especially when you're starting out because you're terrified. You're like, well, what if I don't? I can say what I want my USP to be, but what if it doesn't? What mm -hmm. if it doesn't happen? So I feel like there's there's brands that have amazing qualities about them, but very rarely brands that have all these qualities together. Mm -hmm. So one of them is brands that have a really great soul. You know, their heart is amazing. Their heart's in the right place. You can really get on board with their ethos but maybe their products aren't very good. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe they've not invested as much into their formulas and things. And for me, you know, I would buy that product once because I love the, the, the way that the brand makes me feel when I look at it. But, you're not but when I use the products, you know, it doesn't make me very excited. Then you get brands that have incredible formulas, like makeup artists approved formulas that work, that are of a really high standard, but sometimes can maybe not feel like they're for you. So mm. especially for your average customer who's not a makeup artist, you know, if you're a proper makeup artistry brand, which Vive, I like to think is, but the way that we do it's a bit different, which makes it available for everyone. You know, you can kind of be feeling that you're held at arm's length a little bit. And you also, you can, you know, be a part of that brand because they're kind of up here, if that makes sense. Um, and then some brands have amazing founders um, that, maybe aren't always relatable mm -hmm. um slightly again inspirational um but you can't really see yourself living their life or living their day-to-day -day. Uh, and actually i think that my background in working on counter but also social media people know that i'm a normal person mm -hmm. um and actually again that's something that i was kind of embarrassed about when i launched a business i was like i don't know if i can do this i'm just a normal person i like chilling out with my dogs on a sunday do you know what i mean like and living covering their hair, you know, I'm not, I'm not very polished. I, yeah. think, I think that's what I thought I had to be, was this polished version of myself that is um, 
really articulate and you know yeah so the, these three things and then the last thing which only came to me when we were having a strategy day with the whole team is the the culture I've created somewhere that I want to work mm -hmm. and I've created somewhere where kindness is at the very very top of what's important to me because see when you treat each other with kindness and give everyone the space to do their role. I really, really care about, for example, my family. My yeah. family have worked with me for a really long time as well, like my mum and my dad and Jack. We've all worked together for six years, which is not something I've ever shared because I don't feel like I need to. But I see them all the time, Monday to Friday. It's like my family unit when I'm back home. That love and that kind of protective energy and, and also how people, how I want people to feel extends mm. to my Vive team, but then it extends to our customers as well. So see, like I, I always say, like I challenge anyone to find a brand that has all these things in a customer base that speak to each other with the utmost respect and kindness, which I, I think just makes me so proud. And we were talking yesterday, you know, for me, our customer service, their tone of voice is unbelievable I've never seen customer service like it in my life and that is like that's a lot of our customers first point of contact mm. with us and you know sometimes customer service is for problems right so we like that's the first thing I was like need to fix the problem straight away mm. because otherwise that customer is going to be left with a better taste in their mouth with our brand from a brand owner point of view like when you get your customer service right and when you get it to the point where you're kind of like I I trust this team so much they're such nice people and when you see them and you kind of see them on the everyday and you're like actually now when I'm emailing customer service from any other brand like it's people like this just sitting there and they want to help you like yeah. they genuinely they have no interest in not you know mm -hmm. getting to the bottom of your problem and all of that and I think that it's like being able to see that kind of working so well and getting my favorite messages ever to get and I'm sure you'll have the same is mm -hmm. like on Instagram being like hey actually I had a problem with my order and I just wanted to say that I had such a good experience yeah. and that's like you went out of your way to tell me this so it must have been a really yeah. great experience yeah. and there is honestly nothing better than no. just kind of really believing in that side of your business as well and knowing that that respect kind of from customer to customer service and like with the whole brand and community is there is just it's so special it's the best and how did you start it so I remember I was having, uh, me and Jack got taken away for an overnight uh, for our wedding present by, who is now our CEO, Emma. She knew that I wanted to create a business. She knew that I wanted to create a makeup brand. I started working on it completely by myself, you know, putting my ideas down on paper, what I think would look good. And for me, the creative, the way that we speak to people, the brand identity, that's what's at the forefront of my mind. Mm -hmm. I, I've, I've never been, to, like, I don't have a business degree. I don't know what I'm doing. Like that's what, so that's why I was see when I was putting my ideas on paper, the first thing I realized I was like, I'm gonna need help. I'm yeah. gonna need a lot of help. I think it's so easy to think that business is this like one chunk thing. It comes with either a degree or like loads of reading or all of these things. I haven't got a fucking clue about it. Honestly, when we started like our fundraise and being like, oh my god, I've got to go over all these like models and all of yeah. that, and genuinely like learning along the way. The other stuff in terms of the brand, the product, the customer, all of that is just as if not more important in this kind of warped view we have of a business having to be someone with like a really kind of like formulaic business mind yeah. you need to be able to surround yourself with those people and one of the most intelligent th things you can do is understand that like actually this isn't my expertise no you can't do everything you're great at this yeah. i will tell you if this product works yeah um and like yeah. build a brand around it and that's so i always think that's smarter than the foundation of your brand is so much stronger when you've got mm. people that can do their jobs. Like I'm, like I'm in awe of our team all the time. Yeah. And I've also um, 
you know, I, I, I quite like not knowing everything. Like, I mm. like, I'm good at what I'm good at. Um, and you've said it before, and I've, I've heard you say it before, that, you know, you hire someone that's way better than you mm-hmm. to do their jobs. You're mm-hmm. so right. And when I heard you say that, I was like, yeah. Because <laughs> I don't want the pressure and having to learn how to do, you know, PNLs. PNL. PNL for me. <laughs> but also, much. the thing is, is it's like that. I think there's this idea that the things that we traditionally know as business are therefore going to be the most valuable for you as the founder to do. But it's like you didn't put it, you didn't get to this situation by being good at PL. So why in this single situation would you like pivot to being like, guys, I'm doing the cash flow? I remember looking at my first ever cash flow and I called up someone on the, and I was like, I think we've got a big hole here. Like I'm seeing 400 grand missing. And they were like, no, 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 like, this is how it works. You need to look at like this column instead. And I was like, no worries, guys. <laughs> Call it's, off the- it's, it's brutal, but do you know that's another thing? And, and being a founder, you kind of, you're the, like you're leading your team, mm. right? So me being the way that I am and being like, I don't understand, mm. it gives everyone the right, the right to yeah. be able to, yeah, they can also ask these questions and no questions are stupid. You know, our um, social media assistant who has now been promoted because she's the best, she at one point she was like I don't know what any of this means and I'm like just ask just yeah. ask so we all like ask questions constantly and you know when we're all talking about socials on the other side they might like the finance guys might not know what we're talking about so we all just learn together and see having an environment where you don't feel stupid for saying mm-hmm. asking questions you don't feel stupid for saying your piece either if you've got an idea like we are so collaborative in the way we work but we also tr- I, like I just trust everyone to do what they're here to do and then also like you're going to make mistakes all the time. Mm. I quite like making mistakes sometimes. Sometimes I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I'm joking. Like, <laughs> um, but because you, what you, you bounce back and you learn from it. So I started putting it all down on paper. The first person I ever hired was one of my best friends, Charlotte, who was at uni doing graphic design. So good. Really, like her, I nearly said her vibes are immaculate, which they are, but I don't <laughs> love that phrase. All my ideas, we would talk about them and she would create it. And she would put it in a like PDF or whatever, mm. so we could start looking at what it all looked like together. And that's when I started getting really excited. That's when I spoke to Emma, who is our CEO. And how did you know Emma? So Emma actually was my manager for, she's been my manager for five years. Um, so weirdly, because of that relationship, so close, I get, we talk about this all the time, on paper shouldn't work. But our, I think our models are the mm. same, our work ethic is the same. You know, um, and then I think, you know, when things get hard and you get through the other side unscathed, we just put everything down and we just mm. power through and we get yeah. it done. And then like the next week we'll be like, ah, that was, that was yeah. a lot. <laughs> but which is literally the most valuable type of relationship you can have, especially in any kind of business where you're really mm. going to be working through things. And it's a relative, it's not a huge team. It's one of those things where you're like, actually, when we start going through shit, like, yeah tools down we're working you know we're working through this and we're all getting stuck in and I feel like being able to build a team of people who no matter the hierarchy and really get stuck in you know what you were saying about making mistakes is so important because I remember there have been so many different phases of the Tala team and kind of like building this team not in terms of like huge hugely different people but in terms of you know as teams grow and evolve they change hugely and I think that there was this one point that I thought I need to get the people with the most impressive experience in terms of you know look at the brands that we'd really like to be like I've got to get people from all of those places and sure in some situations it really works but personality and culture fit 
has to be there as well. Like you cannot just get the people with, you know, 10 years at the brand that say for us, maybe like 10 years at Nike. Like that's not necessarily going to work. It's got to have this kind of culture fit because if there's a day that actually you're like, fuck, like this is bad. We really need to work through this. If anyone feels like as part of the culture, they're kind of above that, whether that's the founder, whether that's anyone within that, it's not going to work because everyone needs to be pulling their weight for that to happen. Yeah, it's like, I always say, it's like getting the dirt out. Mm. It's it's, it's a dirty time. Everyone's really, but then when you're through the other side, stronger as a team, but you're right. You're totally right. And everything you said there, I completely agree. And so how did you start building um, the products themselves? So we went for a meeting in New York with essentially like a third party. So they mm-hmm. helped us with, because um, when you when you talk about making products, a lot like it's almost like half formula, half component. Mm-hmm. And if you want it to stand out, you know, there's, it's it's funny because you can get private label, right? So the people would go in and there's like a shop floor. And you pick a component, you pick a formula, you put it together and then there you go. And I didn't do that, obviously, because I like to make things difficult for myself. But I yeah. also, I just know what I want. And I'm so, I'm not a perfectionist because actually I heard you say this as yeah. well. And you're right. And it took me a long time to get my head around this. Um, you can't be a perfectionist because no. you won't ever do anything. You would literally sit in it and get obsessed. Yeah. You have to have then... high standards. High standards, I find, is very different from being a perfectionist. Yeah. Being a, fe- a perfectionist, I think, can really hold you up from getting things done. You, you have to be able to see the bigger picture and just yeah. be like, on we go. Yeah. This is this is really great. We're really proud yeah. of this. If we work to make this, first of all, I don't believe perfect always exists in products because it's so subjective as well. Mm. But onwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. I think what I've realised, you're exactly what you've just said. If it's perfect to me, then I'm happy. But mm. perfect, yeah. There's and there's certain things. Oh God, maybe I am. I have this debate the whole time. I know. I'm just struggling with it right now because, like, see, for example, we just launched an eyeliner. It's perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. So, and I worked for so long on this eyeliner because it had to be perfect. And, you know, I went to labs all over the world and it was Mm. never good enough. And then I found this one lab in Japan and I was like, this formula, this could be something. Tweaked Mm. it, got the component, changed the component, put it all together. And then by the end of it, you know, the amount of work it took to get this right. And, you know, excitement is infectious. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm I'm an excitable person. So if I'm excited about something, you can clearly see it. See, if I'm not excited, you can clearly see it. I completely agree. So I can. So there's a block in me and I'm like, if I'm not excited about this and I don't think it's brilliant, we can't do it. See, I think product is the one area that you really can be a perfectionist on because it makes such a difference I think in terms of like the wider process as a whole or even for example you might this is not based on evidence but say you have this eyeliner now and you're like this is the perfect eyeliner for doing x y and z and in the future you want it to be able to do a b c x y and z and have a certain packaging but for now actually this is a perfect product for what it needs to be and we can aim for that in future if you kind of always get stuck on having to have all of these other things that you can yeah. see in the future too. It's not that it takes the kind of product down an notch because it's not there. It's actually that, you know, in the future, I can see this growing into like this, this and this. But if you never pressed forward with anything at the point that you thought, this is really fucking great, let's go for it. Yeah. Because it could, because everything can always be better in some way. Then you, that's when I think you're getting held up on yeah. the not seeing the bigger picture. Yeah. We so that's how that's how we started. Um, we had help pulling the component and the formulas and everything together. I would go to the lab. I was still filming like vlogs at this point, so I would vlog going to Italy and just be like, oh, I'm just on a girls' trip. <laughs> but actually, I was in the lab all day, checking the pigments, checking everything. So that I was, I think my involvement in the product. I don't know if I always 
show that properly because it's everything mm. and I'm right in the nitty gritty and then it goes from that to all the bulk submissions so basically the back and forth after you've picked your product you think that's it it's not <laughs> you get all the all the tests all the bulk approvals you get them you get them sent off then we'll get our like PR samples almost this is the samples that we would send to journalists to have a first look at influencers um, and it's also the set that I will use on shoots so I do all the makeup for our photo shoots as well and it's like my favourite thing it's hard it's long days but it's the best and it, weirdly you know I'm, I wear like four different hats when I go on shoot so mm. I'm doing the makeup I get lost in that have you read a book called Ikigai? I've heard of it it's great you need to you need to read it so basically this book it made everything that I do make sense and it made me feel really happy because I found my guy right? So basically when I was doing my makeup, I would get in my flow and then I would get snapped out of it because it's like, Jamie, we need you to come and see the monitor and make sure you're happy. So I would run over there and then I would run over to the next set that we're working on because I need to make sure that it all looks great. But then I need to also run and speak with my team who are talking about the next launch. You know, that's it's, it's all of these things that kind of, but I kind of love the craziness of it. But I love, so I still live in Scotland and mm. I think that that separation for me is the best and it probably means you can fully throw yourself into it as well because I feel like I can imagine it would be a real recipe for it probably being too much and getting burnt out as well because also you have to have this this is why I kind of a large reason of why I stepped away from social media kind of more and more when I was doing more and more on you know I'm in here in the office every day like as in I I feel like the more you do the less you can actually show yeah um and I can imagine you could get really burnt out if you're having to be having to wear both those hats all yeah. the time yeah. because actually doing the day-to-day -day and being in the office and doing you know all of those things mm. you were talking about and also showing that yeah it's, it's really it's a lot yeah it's only recently actually so I, I Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. I just sit down with myself, like I said to you mm. earlier, I love just sitting down and going, why do I feel like this? Yeah. And I'll write it down. And um, there, you know, I wrote a, a list of things that I do, that I have to do every day. And I kind of like ranked them and I'm like what's the most important to me what do I get the most enjoyment out of what does it cost me so whether it costs time or you know sacrifices it was a really good exercise because I looked at it and then what I realized was where can I compromise Vive, no I can't compromise I need to be in it as much as I am if not more you know I just think as time goes on I I spend all my time doing this and I almost do like the, the rest of the stuff it evenings and weekends but mm. you know yourself you work evenings and weekends as well getting the balance for me was really like making a table of what was important to me and delegating it through the week so the social stuff yeah I stopped it took me a while but I had to stop you know weekly vlogs because some weeks I'm 
in a hole because mm. I'm just getting stuff done and I'm like up to here, like literally samples yeah. all over my arms. And I'm like, I can't vlog this. I can't show this because it's a secret. I feel like I get so much more out of my job. Like sometimes there'll be kind of a few days at a time where I'll just kind of go completely off social media and some of my friends will be like, oh, is everything okay? And it'll be like, the second I get out of this little headspace where I'm in there and we're really about to make a breakthrough on something and talk about it or talk about other things or talk about what, like I need to be in that little pot of like working on this and then I can come out of that and I feel like one of the biggest problems for me and I don't know if you can relate to this is that the headspace that I was using to show things was a completely different headspace that I was using to work through things whether it was in the office talking about product or any of these things and so sometimes I just need to stick myself in one of them and be like I know I need to do the other one but for now I'm not going to do that because otherwise I'll, I'll be compromising this like you know when you just yeah. feel like you're on the edge of something yeah. and you're like I'm really about to break through here but I'm not quite there yeah. and I feel like for me establishing that kind of boundary yeah. and knowing when I'm in which space to be able to push through. Yeah. Um, I can imagine with kind of like the social totally. media side as well. Yeah, yeah, totally. I always say like less but better. So see if I feel like I'm doing far yeah. too much and I'm, you know, there's like a, a thin spread of doing well across a lot of things. Sometimes you just need to focus it on one thing or the other for sure. And so what's the big goal with Vive? I used to be terrible about speaking about myself and my goals because I would always think that they were too big. And actually, I think I'm still figuring out a way how to say this, but I just want Vive to be enjoyed all over the world. I really do. I want to, I want us to go to the US. Um, I want us in Australia, Canada, UAE. I want really the way that we do business and, you know, this collaboration that I talk about mm -hmm. with businesses. I also don't want the monopoly on everyone's makeup bags. No. I want you to enjoy what you enjoy and I want us to be peppered in through your life mm. because that's sort of like peppering in luxuries in my life is what makes me happy. So that's what I want everyone to feel when they've got Vive. But by saying that, we've kind of done the opposite. People want it all to be V. Like we get, we get sent pictures and it's like, look at my collection. And then I'm like, oh my God, this is brilliant. I'm so glad that you love it all. So I want the community to grow and expand. Um, I want to meet as many of our customers as I can. I That's literally my favorite thing. It's just like working on counter, but it's for, it's like for something that I've made. The diversity in people and what they've got to bring to the table. I learn so much every day mm. and it's from people and it can be from literally any part of our business. I've never learned so much in my life and that I have since working on Vive, launching Vive yeah. and, and where it is today. Everyone asks, how's it going? And you know, it's so, it's so hard, but it's so good. Yeah. Doesn't it feel like you're in this whole like little world that it's almost like, sometimes I'm like, it's almost like I'm playing a game yes. because it's so great. Like I like you get to go around, there's all these amazing people who are so good at their jobs yeah. and I'm like, how are you yes. this good and how have you given me the blessing of being this good at my, like the thing that I've dreamt yeah. of and oh God, you've put it perfectly I, that's exactly how I feel and I sometimes look and I'm you know we talk a lot about um imposter syndrome yeah I, I shut it out and I'm like go away yeah Get enjoy lost. it yeah so I just I, if, I, I'm just grateful now I don't feel like I shouldn't be here I'm just grateful that I am and I've mm. got the team that I do around me and oh my god see when the like the weight that you've got on your shoulders as a founder there's so many people that want a bit of that weight they're like that no give it to me we can all work yeah. on it together so yeah, it's just sharing the load and being okay to do that like it doesn't take away from what you've done and it doesn't take away from how hard you work yeah. And it's a proper privilege to be able to share it with people. A hundred percent. And I also think that like, obviously half the time when you're about to kind of take people on and, and delegate and all of these things, obviously part of that is you feel like you should, you know, you feel like you should be doing all these things and you feel like 
it's it's your business so you you should kind of spend the time doing this because otherwise you're getting the credit for other people's work and all of this I had like a big issue with that for a long time just because I was like oh I, I feel awful if this person's working so hard on this and it's ultimately like when the stuff is talked about in the press like it's you know I know mm. it kind of comes down to me but the beauty then of building a team filled with people who as you say hopefully you're building a workplace that people really want to work at and enjoy working at it and are also able to do what they want to do yeah. in a way that's kind of you know like a rising tide lifts all boats like we're all going up like this is amazing like how cool that we get to yeah. do this every day and I feel like as soon as I looked past the kind of ego of me thinking oh I need to do all this it's mm. like no you also think you need to do all this because you need to see yeah. yourself to do all of yeah. this and actually what better and actually what harder than to build a team of mm. amazing people who are all so good at their roles and can make something incredible happen together like I feel like half the time it feels like being on a really good group project yeah. like where you're with like all these really great people you're having a great time and you're like just working through these problems like yeah. it's so cool it's funny that you what you're talking about um about credit I have realized that a lot of my happiness comes from work and one thing that it took me ages to get my head around, and I don't know if you'll relate to this at all, but I, you know, getting a pat on the back and getting told I'm doing a good job, I, I couldn't believe how much I missed that when mm. I was the boss. I was like, oh God, no one's going to tell me that because they'll just assume that I'm doing it for myself, but I don't do yeah, it for Or myself. I'll assume they're saying that because they yeah, want it. Yeah, yeah, you just want to do <laughs> So, but what, what I've realised is, I'd say that's like one of my love languages when it comes to work, is getting told I'm doing a good job. I've just changed it and I... I work really hard at credit where credit's due. If someone's worked really, really hard and they've done well, I will literally announce mm. it and I'll be like, ah, how amazing, yeah, how, how brilliant. And I know I can see that lifts up the team. I, I think that that, for me, that's how I can fill that glass within myself because it's the one thing that, and actually taking the time to say to myself, I've done a good job today, mm. which took me ages to, to do as well. Like even like sometimes my mum, I'm like, just tell me I'm doing a good job. Yeah, and she please. goes, you're just going to you're doing a good job. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And I do think it's one of those things like you almost think it goes without saying. And even consciously, I remember about six months ago, um, myself and um, Morgan, the Tala's managing director, we sat down and we were like, we need to shout more about people's kind of success and what people yeah. do not because we weren't before but because we're like people get so happy like how great if we can give more people like more happiness not in terms yeah. of this like really noble way but in terms of like genuinely like you can see the difference on someone's face if it's seen that last week actually they had a really hard week and they were pulling a lot of weight and they did it really well yeah. and I think in so many workplaces that's obviously kind of overlooked because it's quite you know it's it's big teams you you miss things and everyone's working hard but being able to kind of create a culture where congratulating people and noticing people's hard work mm. doesn't take away from anything else and it really 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 does I hate this whole culture of kind of needing to almost like demand respect by withholding these things it's kind of how great that we can all yeah. be like doing this and yeah. like I see you working really hard and like thank you so much I just know that if someone said that to me it would literally make my day mm. and I'd be like oh my god I want to work even harder and another thing that is something that I've seen benefit the team is my ability to say when I've made a mistake mm. so there's no point in fingers there's no thrown under the bus which is actually one of my pet peeves it's a group it's a collective you know we're all working together so see when I make a mistake I'll literally say that was mm. me I'll say I thought that this would work and it wouldn't but it's fine because we can move on and then again it lets other people 
think that they can make mistakes and not have to hide it or be like, you know, not be nervous that they're going to be fingers pointed at, you know? I kind of think about this a lot and I do think that our generation and the, I guess the kind of new generation of people um, building businesses, I think and hope that they could be building businesses that are just... It, obviously you need to earn your stripes and all of this but yeah. it's not this kind of like 30 years of like well I don't need to congratulate you because you're being paid like this is your job and actually creating cultures where it's like we can make mistakes we can talk about mistakes we can make estimates that are completely wrong and then just be like whoops <laughs> that was me um, and we can congratulate people even though of course it's their job it's you know like you can still congratulate people for doing yeah. well and and also kind of generate this excitement and I really hope that that kind of like new culture I hear a lot of founders talking about it I could really see it you know just becoming much nicer workplaces for people I and so. I, I hate the idea that work will always be places that people you know that people my kind of friends will come home from and be like my fucking manager yeah I, I don't want that no I would be heartbroken. I would be mm. proper heartbroken. Mm. And I think if anything ever was to arise where, you know, there's maybe something going on because it's mm. inevitable, yeah, right? Yeah, 100%. Just sort it out. We'll get it sorted. Mm. We'll be right back. Mm. Tell me about the Series A. We have really big ambitions for the brand. Mm -hmm. We have grown at a really exciting rate. It was just time for, for us to look at what our plan was and what we needed to do it right. So right at the start, I actually thought that I could just um, put all my uh, my own investment into the brand to get it kick-started. I realised really quickly that I could do that, but it would be a pretty <laughs> short leap because <laughs> I would have enough money to maybe like buy yeah. you know, plenty also, of stock and then it would sell out and then I'd be sitting for four months when I wait for yeah. it, you know. I think that is one thing also that's forgotten on the side of kind of influencer-backed businesses or influencer-founded businesses too is the scale that you have to start at is very very different you can't, you, you can't create a, a minimum order of say like 200 products because it will sell, sell out and you'll make people really angry whether it's because they can't get it or because the site glitch or like all of these things you have to start at a certain scale yeah. one of the businesses that we didn't start at a kind of bigger scale was literally just because it was online product and so yeah. you that's fine yeah. but genuinely the amount of like to even buy stock that could satiate what you would sell through an ad of another product it's often like hundreds of thousands in terms of that investment. So I, I do think that's always like kind of worth saying because it's like, yeah. where are we going? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's such a good point. And then, um, you know, so what, what we did at the very start, I had I had my money ready to go and I still put it in. I still put everything I had in uh, and we did a seed round. So uh, Venrex uh, led that. And I remember uh, we signed on my 27th birthday and I could not believe that the investors that were the seed for Charlotte Tilbury were invested mm -hmm. in me because that, I, it just felt cosmic to me. It was perfect. It was perfect to me. It was, and they are such brilliant partners for yeah. us. Yeah. Uh, and I know that you're familiar with them as well. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we've just felt so much support. And I think that the way that they do business is so in line with the way that we want to do business. It's support but it's not controlling no. which I think it weirdly for me it, it kind of reminds me of influencers and you know some brands will go to an influencer and they'll give them a brief and it's completely far from what they actually do and it's like well why are you hiring this person it's because you like what they do already so I've kind of let them do it mm -hmm. um that's like a really severe version of that and it's small and it's a one-day thing but, yeah. the, but see with the investors it's kind of similar it's like well you love the vision and, yeah. you, and you love the brand 
it's having that trust and that space to grow the brand in the way that you want to do it. Mm-hmm. And we've actually, we've got exactly that. And it's the perfect partners when it comes to when we need help and when we need support and advice. Or even just like what I've, what I've found, cause, because they have so much knowledge in kind of consumer and just have backed some really, really amazing businesses, yeah. it's, they also have this kind of, there's like a breadth of different ways that success can happen for all of those. So it's kind of even just healthy discussion, yeah. like, because I'm sure you'll find this as well when it's, when it's obviously either just you two or a kind of the wider um, leadership team, whatever it might be. It's like, of course we can discuss this at length, like Morgan and I spend our whole lives just discussing things back and forth, but actually will then become an echo chamber. And we even just, like, sometimes we'll just be like, can we just hop on a call about this? And we'll all just be challenging each other. It's not, it's not like kind of someone telling you what to do. It's let's have really healthy discussion. Yeah, that's exactly it. Because and there's no ask, right answer. It's asking the hard questions as well that make you sit and think like, oh, I think what they're really good at is planting seeds and then they'll mm. grow and then you're like, okay something needs to change or we need to maybe think about this a little bit more so we did that signed on my 27th birthday which was it was a great birthday yeah that's a very good birthday present and how's that two years been in terms of kind of having that injection and being able to experiment a bit but also it was so important for us to be able to keep um honestly like stock levels Mm -hmm. and to be for us to have the room and the flexibility to go with retailers when it made sense Mm -hmm. um so we launched with cult beauty two weeks after we launched on our own site uh, we've just recently, well, recently-ish, we went to H Beauty in Edinburgh, then Gateshead in Newcastle, near Newcastle, mm-hmm. um, and then Harrods, which was unbelievable, which is a crazy, a yeah. crazy moment. Um, so it just gave us the flexibility to be, to be able to as well forecast and prepare for what what's coming and be really agile as well. We and weren't also, waiting for cash flow to be able mm. to do certain things. We had we had the time, and I think that's why we decided to look into to our series eight we it took quite a while for us to get here you know there was conversations with loads of different people but mm-hmm. what we've ended up with again it just feels pretty perfect I think that there's a lot to be said for your gut feeling mm-hmm. um 100% oh my god like people say it, it's like oh I've got a gut feeling no like I've, I've went against my gut feeling I think there's two times and both times I've been like I knew it Yes, I knew it. So see, as soon as I get that feeling, you just feel a little bit like kind of dirty when you're going around the whole time. And every time you think about it, you're like, oh, I'll just think about something else. That's when I know I'm like, nope, need to get to the bottom of that. When you're putting off something or you can't even like face looking at it, that's Mm. that's when you know you're not going to be able to figure it out and then work towards it. You need to cut it out like like a rotten bit of fruit or something you need to get away um so that's only happened twice thank god there were only wee things there were like small things uh, manageable but you know like recently I've, I've kind of culled a project for the time being that I was just like it's not the time it's not it's not yeah it. and it's not going to bring me good feeling I always not- find that it's like I get so excited about anything Tala so easily yeah. and so if there's something that's just like niggling in the back of my mind that I'm like that doesn't excite me I'm always like Hey guys. Yeah. No, but it's so but that, that's I think that's why it ends up work, working. Mm. It's the same thing that we just talked about excitement for your product. If you're not excited about it, how you meant how you might talk about it with mm. people. How can you get someone else excited about your product you and you're your the team, one who made it yeah, and who's also gonna get a payday for it? Like how are you gonna get yeah. you know other people? Yeah. That needs to be so much more exciting and therefore yeah, it's like you, you can't stand behind it in the same yeah. way. And I do really think you can tell the businesses that have that kind of soul behind them because that soul kind of almost makes those decisions it's like actually do you know what I don't think this is Tala 
yeah. I don't think this is who yeah. we are. Let's scrap it. Yeah. No, you have to. You have to believe in it. Your instinct, your gut, and honestly, I just I always call things cosmic, and I was like, it's cosmic. It's not going to happen. Mm. It's not in our path. <laughs> That's so exciting. And how do you feel about the kind of next stage of growth? Are there a few? Is it kind of specifically about hiring, inventory, expansion? So there's there's a few projects that are going to take a lot of investment. Hiring, yes, we need to expand our team. Um, and weirdly, not just on a leadership level. Mm-hmm. I want people with great ideas, yeah. young minds. Mm-hmm. I want young minds. I want them to teach me things. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, we've got we've got a, a good list of people that we need to hire, and just for us to be able to have the ability to go into other markets in the completely right way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think you know the background scene in the Vive team. Everyone's background is so again diverse. Everyone's got such great ideas. And like we would like to bring in other people that are experts in their field mm-hmm. for different markets and things. And it does give us freedoms to to change the way we do things if we need to, or you know, start new projects that that we wouldn't have been able to do before. Mm-hmm. It just gives us the flexibility. And actually, there's something about there being more people involved than just me, especially at the start when it was just me. There's not as much riding on it. Yeah. There, there are so many people involved in this now mm. that it keeps, you know, in the hard days, I'm like, I don't have an option but to work hard for everyone that's involved in this. Mm-hmm. It's not just about me. Because some days if it was just about me, I was like, I'm going yeah. back to my bed. <laughs> <laughs> Off again. See you So no, it's, it's really good. I kind of love that pressure. And actually I do what, something that I realise is nervousness and excitement are the same feeling mm-hmm. when you really think about it, it. When you're pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone, yeah. it, you're going to be nervous, but yeah. that excitement is the best type of excitement you can have. It's, it's, it's For me, it's the exact same feeling. And I, I feel like if I didn't feel these things, then I don't care enough. Mm-hmm. So I've started to live with it. And it's just like, uh, yeah, I just kind of like run off it, if I'm honest. How is it working with your husband? Oh my God, it's the best. Do you know, it's so weird. So me and Jack... It doesn't work for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And then for a lot of people it does. Me and Jack are yin and yang. We talked about star signs, right? I'm I really deeply believe in this. But I'm a I'm a cancer. Jack's an Aries. Aries are like whirlwinds. We've we're getting work done in our house right now and our plumber said, I've never seen someone walk about their own house so quickly. <laughs> he's just like a door closes and it's just like a like a whoosh of wind and he's away doing something else. He's he's nonstop. But Jack, um, to his like to his core, he's the kindest man I've ever met. He is so con- he is so calm, and I am not like I can be quite I can get quite wound up, and mm-hmm. you know, and again, in a, in a good way sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll end up in my phone. I'm like, no, no, this is happening for me. I need to like chase this. I've never met a calm entrepreneur. I don't think. No, you can't be. Everyone's honestly, everyone's a bit nutty. I think you yeah. have to be. Oh, you you really have to be, which is great, which is fine. But yeah, that's why I love well. being like being in a room full of founders is excellent because they are an eclectic group of people it's also i so whenever i'm at anything that's kind of like founder heavy i also have to go and stare at the wall in the bathroom for a bit like for 10 minutes because i'm like i'm like a puppy so i'll get so excited by what you're talking about and feeling like oh my god these are more people who are also having this every day and all of this and i'll get so excited and then i'll like you know when like a puppy like runs around so much and then they're like they look like they're just dead <laughs> on the floor. That's me. I can't control Post my zoomies. excitement. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm like zoomies and then just like... No, I'm the exact same and I have to go quite quiet just to mm. take it all in because, uh, again, you, you learn so much and people's like things that they've really won at and things that they've not. And, you know, it's just, it's amazing. But Jack, he, you know, when we first started going out, he was a bricklayer and I was a makeup artist and a makeup counter. Mm-hmm. He's such a creative person that... I remember one day I just phoned him and I was like, do you want to try working with me? 
and he he said yes. Yeah. So I taught him like the very basics of editing. He took that on. He learned more. He became he became way better than me at it. His photography got way better, and he just he kind of grew with me at the same time, which is really nice. And then something that was really brilliant was when he moved over to work on Vive as well. So he started taking a lot of our photography, like our product photography, and he's our videographer at shoots. Mm. So he he's just got such a similar brain to me. He knows me so well that he knows when I won't like something. So he's like, he sits on our social calls every week and he almost just sits there watching. And if he sees something, he's like, ah, Jamie won't like that. Like it's, it's <laughs> yeah. so good. And then like, see what I, I mentioned, my, like one of my best friends, Charlotte working with me, I've got two other people in the business that know me so well that they just know when something's not gonna, not gonna be great for me. And it's never, mm. you know, it's never serious. It's never brutal. It's just like, you know, a certain order that things yeah. are posted or a certain wording. They'd be like, no, yeah, no. So it's, it's it's really really good. Um, I honestly, I was sitting, I was sitting working on something. I think I was editing something, and I could hear Jack on Zoom, um, and I could hear my team talking. And we have a we have a new recruit that's come in. Actually, as someone that's really really creative, working on the creative of the brand, who's going to be helping Charlotte out. And I was listening to Zoe, who's been with us for nearly two years, right? She's she's been promoted since then. She works on social media in our social media and digital. Um, and hearing her talk about the brand and introducing Danielle, our new recruit, as to how we do things and explaining what everyone does as a role, I was just sitting like this and my heart was just like oh. exploding. Yeah. And I just couldn't, I was like, oh my God, this is, I was like, you guys are the best. Yeah. And but also know, are the brand. And like but oh having that built out to not just you and not just your vision, it's like, because it's not about you being like, I want this, I want this. It's about creating an ethos and something that you all believe in. And once that is applied to more people and people yeah. are able to say, this is the brand, this isn't the brand. That's one of the most ba- valuable things you can have business-wise, but also as like a culture of like, yeah. no, we understand this. This isn't what just what Jamie wants. Like, this it's is what, what we, we want, want for the brand. It's honestly, I think by now everyone's blood's running a little bit black with the Vive, mm. with the Vive branding. I swear, that sounds, that doesn't sound great, does it? No, I loved <laughs> but, it. Um, no, I really do think that there's a DNA in the brand that you like absorb when yeah. you're here for, when you're, when you're with is... us for long enough. And you know, a lot of the people that we work with, they've worked with us for a really long time now. Mm. Like, see, when I look back at when I used to flit about jobs, like, I've been working since I was 14. My first ever job was at a kid's soft play. So I used to, like, uh, serve chips, make toasties, make coffees, which I was not very good at because I was 14 years old. I think I left school early. I finished fifth year. I got my hires. And then I left to work full-time because I was obsessed. I worked mm. in Lush full-time. I loved it. Bath bomb shop. But, um... I jumped about so many jobs and I felt like if I'd been somewhere for a year, I was like, this is a really long time. Yeah, 100%. But, you know, people, yeah. they're still with us and they love it. And it just, that, again, makes me yeah. super proud. It shows you're doing something very right. What happens if you and Jack disagree on something? Is it like, because I can imagine that it's, you need to be able to disagree on things yeah. to be able to work together. Yeah. And of course, it's your, it's your business. Yeah. But also it's that kind of those those lines in terms of the relationship yeah. and in terms of obviously it's different from someone on your team disagreeing with you because if something's really strong then there's a yeah, you know yeah, yeah. see the respect that Jack's got for me is is so admirable because he it, it's just it's so, it's always so loving and he mm. just whatever I say goes like when it comes to that you just he's like ah, you're the boss and like he really like I think a lot of the time he just he just he agrees. Like mm. I just kind of guide him. I'm like, oh no, but if we did it like this, it would be. I think it would be great. And he's yeah. like, that, ah, yeah, fine. And that's so, so healthy. That challenge is so healthy. Yeah, yeah. And I think as long as everything, you know, I would never ask for someone to change the way that they're doing things, unless I really felt it. Mm. 
like you know and like and it's not even me saying you need to do it like this it's why yeah. don't we do it like this or why really quiet like do you think that this would be a good, good option or tell me why you think that this is a better option and then I can be talked around I'm so easily influenced yeah no, but that's the thing it's healthy debate and I also think that there's probably I mean I've never worked with a partner and I I don't think I aspire to I don't know I don't think it would because I also think that I'm an absolute whirlwind at work and I'd want to be able to have that kind of separate but I also can see why it would work so well with people but you know when it's kind of like healthy debate and challenge is so important in a relationship Mm. too and it probably almost makes it so that in work if you're able to challenge each other in things then it's so much less of a big deal when you're challenging each other in personal things whereas I feel like sometimes you know the relationships where people not necessarily argue less but disagree less it's actually so much more of a big deal when you're then like oh you yeah, know. it's not like every day we're fighting for the sake of it or we're fighting our points for the sake of it. It's always, when Jack says something to me, I know that he's thought about it and mm. it's considered and I treat him the exact same way. So I know that it doesn't work for a lot of people, but weirdly for me and Jack, it kind of just does. Yeah. It's so, it's, Which is amazing. Yeah, it's great. I love working with them. But also because of work and the way things happen, we do get like time apart, which is equally as important. Mm-hmm. Because you have to both be the face of this and be working on this as a brand. Do you Do you ever find that? kind of too much no because weirdly Jack's a lot more under the radar than me mm-hmm. like he's he's present in the in the business as his works everywhere but not everyone knows that mm-hmm. he supports and he does everything that he, that he can to like support the brand but he's really not super present within it and it, again it kind of reminds me of like the brand name if you know me Jamie Genevieve you'll know that Vive's mine if you know me and Jack you'll know that Jack works really hard within the business but if you don't know me or Jack you wouldn't know yeah him in the business at all so it's almost it's almost like these little like, easter eggs through the brand and it's like if you're really part of this like fam mm-hmm. you know how things work but if you don't it doesn't matter it's good and in general in terms of having the business and needing to be both a great kind of founder and business owner and really you know knowing the brand knowing where you want to go all of this and also needing to be online and be visible is that ever too much Yes, but I, I'm, I'm really kind to myself to so see if mm. I feel things are getting a little bit like I put. I think I do put quite a strict framework around myself. So if um, you know, I, I want to achieve a video every Thursday, but like I looked at our schedule, we'd had builders in for like ten hours a day. I was back to back Zoom meetings, and I was like, this is just not the week for mm-hmm. it. So I literally, I straight away was like, I don't need to do this. So I just, I, I just let the like community know I'm like ah, I'm sorry guys mm. and everyone's always so nice it's great so no I I think it is it, it can get too much but I don't put as much pressure on myself at mm. all I think that um like personally working in social media still at the same time as having a brand like I think I'm just as busy as I was before I had the brand which to me is crazy because I used to think I worked so hard and now I'm working you know just as hard but I've got a business at the same time which is it's it's quite mad when I think about it like that but uh, like I'm man- like I'm really managing it all I think mm. which um took me a while to get to this yeah. place at the start I think I felt a little bit pulled apart and I was like oh and I wasn't used to like even speaking to as many people a day you know I spoke to one person a day or in, in like Jack and now I speak to maybe 15 mm. and they need things everyone needs things from me so it took me a while to get used to that and then actually you know I love it it's a whirlwind and I think my schedule's changed like I used to I the way that I used to live my life is really different like I am so precious about getting to my bed on time trying to wake up early which I'm still not very good at by the way it's all it's all about balance as well like I will really look after myself to keep myself healthy 
but I've got a book club that I go to once a month mm. and I drink so much wine and I have the best time of my we life. We just started a Tala book club. And I, We're for your life to change. We're on month five. And really? It's the, the I'm so excited. The thing that made me most excited was that someone chose to set this up at work without any input. Like that yeah. fills my heart and soul with joy because the fact that you're thinking, do you know what I'd love to do with all of these people? I'd love to read a book, talk about this, have yeah. some cheese and wine. Like that, I go to sleep smiling. Yeah, it's Like the nothing makes me happier than the idea that you're deciding that you want to spend your time doing this. Yeah. And do I you know what weirdly, yeah, you're so right. It, it, in the team, that's amazing. But I needed to do it because I wasn't seeing my friends. Mm. I literally wasn't seeing my friends and I was like, I need to make more of an effort. And actually one of my best friends came to me and was like, we know that you're really busy. We're all busy mm. and we really want to see you, but it's hard. And I was like, okay. Those friends are so important. She's a Scorpio. Mm. That's why she said yeah. that to me. No, and we love like, that. Thanks. One of um, one of my friends the other day kind of said, I so I'm I'm moving and I'm moving out by myself. And I was kind of like, I'm really excited about this because I also think that I can do, I can work better. I was like, I feel like I try so hard to be a normal young person that I like don't ever want to go into my weekends and I always want to be going out and I think that was really important for me at one time because I was working all the time but I was like I'm really serious about making Tala what I want Tala to be and so I feel like I can do more of x y and z and my friend replied being like I'm not sure <laughs> she was like I am happy for you and I also think yeah in some ways great but she was like you do not need to don't go and get yeah. lost in it more than you yeah, she was like you don't need to work more yeah but Please. you know what, what, what changed my life is just scheduling it once a month mm -hmm. it's the third Thursday of every month it's a non-negotiable mm -hmm. I literally got asked to go for a, a, come down to London to go for a dinner with one of our suppliers and I was like it's book club night I can come yeah. the day after or the day before but it's book club night and that's for me it's just like all this the only people I see all the time are my team and my family mm. my friends kind of float around and they're really patient with me but since I started putting more energy into that when I can and you know it's not a huge amount it's one day a month the return on that is unbelievable I've got it's, it's it really is fulfilling big time and I feel like those boundaries within self-care but also really manageable self-care I think is so important yeah. because I think if you're thinking of it as something being like oh I need to finish at x time every day and then I need to have seven baths a week and I need to do this something other it's like that for me is not realistic what is realistic is me making sure that every third Thursday or whatever I see my friends yeah, yeah. and like obviously I see my friends more than that but like in terms of like for that specific thing yeah. I think creating these signposted moments of almost like mothering yourself and being like no 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 you're going to that yeah. is so important because yeah. we're all so guilty as well of getting that like instant like dopamine hit of cancelling something when you're a bit overwhelmed and it's like that's important it's important to be able to say no but it's also important to pull yourself together because you probably need to talk to your friends right now mm. and you're cancelling because you'd rather sit on the sofa and stare at the ceiling or watch <laughs> the tv and actually no yeah. what you need is some good conversation that's not about work that's not about you that's just being yeah. a normal human being Totally. What do you think if you could go back to younger Jamie, How young? just starting out okay. at the makeup counters, okay. what advice would you give her? I think that the one thing that, that's a common theme from little Jamie to now is just that, that imposter syndrome and that kind of general sense of unease and feeling that you have to be something else because you've reached another milestone when you're there because you're who you are and it's fine. And it's because I think that, it's, you know, sometimes I was, I feel like I was quite young and quite impressionable. And I was like, oh, maybe I need to be more like these guys now that I'm at their level. No, nonsense. It's, it's, it's self-belief, I think. She's it's so similar to who I am today. It's so weird. 
but I'm just grown up now. Mm. I think I think she'd be quite proud of me, which is nice. I think she'd be so proud of you. I think she'd be in awe. Oh. Well, thank you so much really for nice. coming. It's no, been great No, no, it's chat. a pleasure. It's been so good to chat. I could actually sit here and talk to you all day. Yeah, well, we can't. Neither of us can. <laughs> I wish we could. <laughs> You're a very fucking long podcast. Yeah. Um, no, I've had such a good time. Thank you so me much. Me too, Chris. Thank you very much.